Hey guys! Thanks so much for tuning in today and joining us for the fifth episode of the Am I Pretty Now podcast. Woo! Yay! Um, <laughs> Haley is going to be presenting the topic for today. I'm super excited uh, for her to get into it. I've kind of been waiting for this one a little bit. <laughs> um, so uh, with no further ado, uh, grab a seat, grab a drink, and let's get started. All right, friends. Welcome back. Uh, today's topic is going to be corsets and waist trainers um so i'm gonna break it down into twos um corsets are obviously gonna be first waist trainers are more so the modern corset like a spanx um similar to a spanx ish um i guess technically you could include spanx it's a little bit more of a uh like a low-key version okay of a corset okay Waist trainers are a lot closer. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, corsets <laughs> were uh, first kind of noted more in the Grecian period of time. Um, uh, that surprises me for yeah. some reason. I just always picture them like flowy, billowy. Yes. More curvaceous people. Well, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. Because I probably should have noted that at the top. Um, Before we get into this history bit, let me make some notes. Um, Firstly, corsets haven't always been the typical hourglass shape that we see from the most common periods of time. And of course, it's going to be like the 1700s. Right. Um, Everything. (laughs) Everything. 1700s. (laughs) Went wrong in the 1700s. Um, Typically... With the, uh, like, beginning periods of using corsets, it was actually more so to flatten the body. They wanted more of a cylindrical body form than a curvaceous or a voluptuous. So, like, tubes. (laughs) So, basically, tubes. Basically, they wanted to use them to hide women's bodies. Um, They were a lot less firm of uh, fabrics. And even the boning that they would use was a lot less taut, a lot less, like, uh, sturdy Oh, in the beginnings. Um, they more so wanted to use them to, again, Just hide. even out. Yes. Um, it, it, it was almost like curves were a sin. Yeah. So just, like, shapeless. <laughs> shapeless, like a, a, an athletic, almost like a boy-built body is what the goal was. Okay. Um, and... The other thing that I like to bring up just at the top is the symbolism of corsets changes throughout history. And when I say that, I don't mean it evolves. It goes back and forth a lot. So a lot of people would like to say that corsets are um, like constrictive and they're like they're they're bad for women. Mm -hmm. But then they kind of turn into a freedom thing, especially nowadays when it is more so used as a statement piece yep than for a structural piece yep um i also had seen that um they like to say that uh they're more of a a symbol of submission where now we turned it into more of a dominant domination yeah <laughs> yep a factor yep um and also just even femininity versus um what's the word i wrote down like a powerful uh, yes, like a like a strong yep. factor. Um, so it it's gonna go back and forth throughout history. So it's not like it evolves from like one thing 
way into something else. It's just kind of like always kind of like ping-ponging between these two. Yes, that's yeah. the perfect way to describe it is it, it ping-pongs back and forth. Um, so again, starting back during the the, the Greek time, um, technically it's the it's Crete. Okay. Is where it's first noted, which is a, a portion of Greece. It's in that kind of yep. peninsula area. And it was um, noted with the Minoan civilization. I'll be honest. I love how far back we're going. Oh, so girl. I'm like, ooh, let's talk about Mesopotamia. <laughs> and let's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it goes back a lot further than people think. And I feel like that's with a lot of our topics mm-hmm. is it, it definitely goes back even before like Egyptian. Yep. Which we tend to like consider the first times like i'm using I think finger it's because quotes. it's the first like when we had a lot of like historical background you know what i mean on something yes. like we found more texts from that time but like obviously people were around and doing their <laughs> thing way before them exactly yeah um so this civilization is one of those civilizations it's way further back than i couldn't find a, a specific date for it um but it's definitely a way back when. Back in the day. Situation, yeah. yeah. Um, so like I s- had started to say, it was it was to flatten out the bodies and make women's bodies especially just more like cylindrical and um, less, no silhouette basically is yeah. the easiest way to describe it. But in Like this, if a burlap sack were a body. That it that would like be their corset. Cover it just it, Yep, yeah. Um, but it's also noted too that even though now we can look back and say like it was a weird decision to take away women's curvaceousness. Yeah. Um, they actually celebrated women's bodies. This wasn't a bad thing at the time. Um, even though they were trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. They still celebrated a woman's body, more so on the premise of like women's bodies are strong. They bring humans into the world. They can, you know, do all this wild stuff. Okay. Um, it was the the physical portion of it that they were like, but. So were they taking like the sensuality out of it? I think that's more so. And what just it like, was. look how sturdy you are. <laughs> yes. Look at how sturdy you are yeah. standing there, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, during this period, the corsets, um, it was more of, I need to stop saying corsets off the back. It was more of a bodice. Okay. Um, and I did have to look up to see what the difference between a bodice versus um, corsets are. And the biggest difference is that bodices tended to be worn on the outside Mm -hmm. corsets tend to be a little bit more of like an intimate garment um an underneath garment for sure um so during this period with the minoan civilizations they were definitely more of a bodice versus a corset um what they were made from um it didn't really specify too much they tend to just say fabrics because that's really all they were yeah um what it was, though, is the main part of it was that they would use metal plates to flatten the front sides as well as the sides of the women's bodies. Okay. So, again, it was going for that very flat, square yeah. body type. Was that ever uncomfortable, <clears throat> though? I feel like it I would had imagine, to like, just metal pieces. <laughs> yeah. And they were, like, big pieces. Like, I know, I know listeners can't see me making the motions with my hands. I can, though. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> but they were, like body-sized like sheets of metal that were used to to straighten out Hmm. i feel like it would have been very uncomfortable yeah yeah 
I also couldn't find anything to, like, to describe how they were connected in terms of, like, uh, we'll like get into it. Like, how did they latch or... Like, if it was a lacing yeah. thing, if it was, like, a one piece that they just kind of slipped over the body and squished down the best they could. Couldn't really find a lot on that. Um, so, before anybody asks, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, as we progress through history, um, in the Middle Ages, it kind of was sporadic. It wasn't necessarily... Also, just quick note didn't realize i had to look it up the middle ages was a significant amount of time um technically what it's considered it it was all the middle well yeah and it's a lot of middle (laughs) it was 500 to 1500s Mm -hmm. so much time in between and the the funnier part to me especially uh, i know it sounds silly acknowledging the middle was so big when looking at a specific topic though filling those thousand years that's a lot there wasn't anything to find on it it was it was just a very sporadic thing some women liked to wear them some women didn't there wasn't really a purpose behind it there wasn't really like a a job that required it it was just if you wanted to wear one you could wear one. there wasn't like a hot moment in there we're like oh (laughs) nothing of significance through 1347 (laughs) everyone was you know wearing these yes like 1500 is the time where things really start to almost get, like, serious or, like, out of control. Ooh, okay. Um, but during this this Middle Age That's period, what I like to hear about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to spend a lot of time between, like, 15 and 1700s. Um, also, throughout this time, uh, they weren't really, like, stiffened bodices. It was still a very light fabric. Again, the purpose wasn't um, to take anything in. It was to just acknowledge that there is a body underneath this, but we don't want to draw too much attention to it. Um, also, now that I'm thinking of it too, well, let's get into the 1400s first because that's okay. kind of where people acknowledge what I was about to say. Okay. Um, again, bodices were a really big thing in the 1400s. Um, they were worn on the outside. They weren't stiffened. What I realized is when you look up like – I don't know how many listeners are fortunate to have a Renaissance fair near them, but like being in Lancaster, we, we have yeah. one literally like what, maybe 20 or 30 minutes from here. Yeah, maybe. Um, when you look at... The way I drive probably 15. <laughs> I mean, I could get there pretty quickly too. Um, when we see women dressed in like the white, I call them Seinfeld shirts. <laughs> like the billowy. Shirts. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Um, I call them like great picking. <laughs> great picking pirate yep. <laughs> insert whatever you want here everybody i think realizes what kind of shirts we're talking yep. about now um and then the skirts in between underneath the chest yep and down to the hips you used to see that lacing in the front that is technically a bodice um as we get a little bit further into modern times as we move further ahead um they do tend to move up a little bit more. It does tend to cover a little bit more of, of women's chests. Um, in this period, though, it was more so just to push everything up, but not sexualize it too much. They were still kind of in the hiding women's bodies phase, but they also liked an ample bosom. <laughs> an ample bosom. I'm not sure what the purpose of that was to be so back and forth yeah. with it. Um, I mean, it's not for supportive purposes. 
No, it is they absolutely never not. appear to be very supportive. No, these people could totally see. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. they they were there. And again, they weren't stiffened. So it was literally just like a piece of fabric with some lacing in the front. Just, and you'd tie it up. There was no support system to it's it. Like yet. a big belt. Yes, actually, that's uh, like a cummerbund for ladies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just a little bit higher. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the perfect description, like a belt. Um, it's still kind of cinched in a little bit, but the goal wasn't to do to, that hourglass yeah. shape. Um, that wasn't what was hot back then. What that's a very what was. Let's be real. In the fourteen hundreds, <laughs> what was hot? Up until, well, first of all, you're talking to somebody who went to art school. You went to art school-ish, too. I, fashion design. Yes. Yeah. Um, thick girls mm-hmm. were the, they liked the big deal. Yeah. Um, what we consider like an average body type now was like hot commods back in this time. That was what they kind of aimed to do. And that's going to come up in the next um, like century of time, too. Uh it makes me so angry just looking at the note too um but while we're still in the 1400s yes um so bodices weren't on the outside not stiffened um they were called pairs of bodies but not like multiple bodies like possessive without the apostrophe bodies and i don't know if that was just a times thing or if it's significant but i couldn't really figure out why they were called pairs of bodies um sometimes they shortened it to just pairs or another word that a lot of people are a little bit more familiar with is stays um, yes they call okay. the garment a stay uh that kind of started to go more into when it started to stiffen up and it started to add more support and cinching and et cetera, et cetera. um but yeah for some reason they called them pairs of bodies and then in the later 1400s is when we start to see the stiffening up the the thicker materials the the carving out okay kind of stuff um so now that we get into the 1500s this is kind of where it gets like serious we'll say um 1500s brought on the the corset being a little bit more of a separate item a separate garment so um it wasn't part of like your your outerwear. It started to become more of the inside, the foundation okay. of getting ready in the morning. Um, it also started to become a little bit more of an intimate article uh, because people weren't seeing it as much. It's kind of like when if you go for as a massage therapist, and I was just talking about this with a client, um, if you go for a massage and you completely undress or if you take your bra off, your underwear... You still tend to hide them, even though everybody knows that you're wearing them and your therapist is probably looking bare minimum, at least at your butt crack yep. level. Yep. <laughs> you still hide all of that stuff underneath. Yeah. Why we do it, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of how corsets were becoming during okay. the 1500s. Um, it's just funny because they were outside. Now they're inside and suddenly <laughs> like, don't look at it. Yeah. Because it's inside the clothing. Yeah. Another reason that I think it became a little bit more intimate too at that point was it wasn't a, uh, just like a piece of clothing. At this point is where it starts to really start trimming in and like forming the bodies. Maybe that's why people were weirder about it. So it was like, like a hush, it's my hush. secret. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually a little bit thicker than they think mm-hmm. I am. I Surprise. don't want them to see why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So I feel like that also, and this is like the very early stages of starting to to uh, form fit with okay. women. Um, Catherine de Medici, um, who, if any of my friends from high school, especially my world histories class is listening, is like the bane of our existence. There was a bajillion and 32 of them, and they were like a really big deal in the Renaissance period. Also, just yep. if you know history, huge family in the Renaissance period. Um, they were a family in Florence who ended up being uh, rulers, and like a, they were like a political dynasty. They were in charge of banking, and they made They were the kind of everywhere. They were like the family in the 1500s. Um, Catherine de Medici, who was the wife of... Cosimo, I believe, was his la- first name, which is a great name, Cosimo de' that Medici. That is a good name. Um, Catherine actually outlawed, finger quotes, thick waists in the court. Like in terms of people? Yes. Um, she did not want any thick women in the courts because she found it unattractive. Did she find it unattractive or did her husband <laughs> find it really attractive? And so she's like, no. I feel like it was probably double-edged mm-hmm. that she was like, oh, well, he likes that. So no. So no. Nobody yeah. can do that except for me. Yeah. I can only be the hottest one that mm-hmm. is here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a Lucille Ball. <laughs> yes. Sort of thing with, a, what was her name? The woman that played Ethel? Um, it was in our contract. Yeah, She was like, nope. You like... You you can't go on a diet. You can't lose any weight because I need to be the hot one. Oh, like, I it was it was in the contract. It was in the contract. It was in the contract. She was not. No matter how. So uh, even if like Lucille Ball like gained weight, yeah, she had uh, to gain weight as well. She had to gain. weight. She always had to weigh. I forget what it was. There was a certain amount more Stop than Lucille it. Ball. So like if Lucille was like really thin, the other was allowed to lose some weight, but she still had to be this like certain amount larger than her all the time. That is so messed mm-hmm. up. See, so she's and, kind of like Catherine. And that's a perfect segue. I feel like we're at a good point um, to, to, for me to mention this. Um, while there are going to be repercussions, like physical repercussions of wearing corsets, I think that this is a really unique topic in that it wasn't just a physical danger it was also a mental danger. This is like early old school body shape. Yeah. And like, oh, you're thick. You can't be thick. You can't be here. So I feel like it's definitely, this is a lot of like a mental. Yeah. Like a psychological. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is also why I just thought it was a really interesting topic to pick. Also, yeah. it's just a very common beauty industry type thing to talk about um but i do i do like that we're starting to kind of differentiate between physical dangers Mm -hmm. mental dangers well-being dangers um and catherine de medici is like the prime example of of definitely body shaming people um so all of that being said um still kind of trying to hide women's bodies at this point not so much anymore again i do feel like you you mentioned i feel like this was more of a spiteful move but it also encouraged yeah the the evolution yeah of kind of triggers some other things yeah absolutely um during this period though is really when they started to add actual boning to um the corsets to the fabrics uh typically the way it's it's a very simple um manufacturer 
of a corset. Uh, take two pieces of fabric and then in between, especially down um, like the sides along your ribs, down into your hips, uh, down the front half of you as well is where the boning tended to be. Um, the boning itself, which is like the, the structural part that's going to kind of keep you stuffed in, uh, was made from anything from wood, bones, um, especially whalebone was a really, yeah, really common one. I have one. heard, yeah. And apparently it's just like a very solid, there's a girl if on. If it's good enough for a whale. <laughs> if it can hold, if it yep. can structurally hold a whale, it yep. can hold a human being in place. There is a, I, I started to say girl, that's so condescending, a woman on YouTube I've been watching. Um, I've found her for a while. I forget her name. Her first name is Bernadette. And she is very into the Edwardian fashion period. Yes. And so she actually makes like high level dresses. Like she is such a seamstress. It is insane what this woman can do. Please find her yeah. on YouTube because it's worth watching. Um Long story short, when she was younger, she had a little bit of scoliosis, so they put her into a brace to kind of help straighten her out. Yep. As she got older, she found comfort in wearing corsets. And while it's not the tight lacing or the, the dangerous levels of corseting, she wears one every single day because it's a security blanket, but it also just, she feels good in it too. Um, she makes a corset on her channel and she uses whalebone as the boning in it instead of she likes to keep it as traditional as possible. Okay, where did she find the whalebone though? I don't want her to get in trouble, but uh I'm not, I'm not sure. I feel like it was absolutely fairly sourced. Um I don't think she went out and harpooned a yeah. whale on her own. Yeah. She's a very tiny woman and I'm not calling her out uh for not being strong. I'm sure she's very physically strong. But she did not physically get in a boat. I and, don't think she yeah. went out and harpooned it herself. Um but watching her form it and like break it yeah is insane it takes like so much strength like it it is a tough material to break i feel like that would be a lot of work a, a lot of like unnecessary so much work, work. Yeah. yeah but she likes the traditional factor of it um i like that it's interesting yeah. it's definitely an interesting watch i would definitely say find her watch some of the dresses that she makes um she recreates um like uh famous dresses uh she went to this cool. big museum i'm getting so off topic right now but she tr she recreates this dress that takes her like years to finish and it is stunning stunning wow um but yes all of that was to say whalebone's a hardcore uh stabilizer i guess to use as boning um also they would use um horn uh like okay. animal horns yep or ivory now, obviously, this was pre-ivory trade. Yeah. And it's like a really problematic thing right now. Please try not to use real ivory for anything, <laughs> friends. I do like elephants. Um, but it, it was it was a hot commod back yeah. in the day. Um, Fabrics-wise, I saw everything from uh, sateen. Okay. Silk, cotton. Some people decided to use wool which I feel like is a very bold decision. Um, yeah. Itchy? Hot? Um, yeah. Unpleasant? Like winter, maybe? Yes. You could use it. But yeah, that would definitely be like super itchy. and Yeah. Yeah. And per like this, the finger quote side effects of corsets, I don't feel like they had like seasonal corsets. No. I think they just wore them. They were always hot. They were always yeah. hugging your body. So in the middle body. of like June... 
July heat. <laughs> yes, yeah. You're wearing wool. Yeah, that's such a, a an odd decision to me. Um, but wool was also, I wouldn't say like a, a rich people fabric, but to get a nice quality fabric mm-hmm. of wool, it probably was a little bit more bougie. Yeah. You probably got to like choose Pete's. the sheep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You probably um, got to that watch one. Them yeah. Shear it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, so that trend of corsets, the the cylindrical silhouettes, still kind of hiding women's bodies, but maybe tapering just a little bit more. Um the the materials used, it kind of stays the same between the 1500s and the 1700s. It doesn't really change a whole lot. Um, they're still pretty popular, um, but, but nothing insane. Now, when we get into the 1700s is kind of where a lot of it changes. Uh, this is when they started to really use it as a symbol of your wealth and your power. If you were an aristocrat. Again, everything goes back to (laughs) who are you? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's symbolism for sure. Besides just what I spoke about at the top of the episode, um, it, it was definitely a symbol. And again, just like everything else, um, the quality of the corsets denoted your um, your aristocracy. Yeah. Uh, like your, your class level. <laughs> yes, your, your class yeah. level. Thank you. Um, so rich people would tend to have the luxurious fabrics, the sateen, the silks, um, really high quality quilting was also a really good fabric because it's really thick and you can pull the hell out of it. And yeah. And it's not going to tear. Yes. Um, And then their boning was also that high quality material. Um, Metal started to become a little bit more popular in the 1700s. Um, And then the bones, the um, excuse me, the horns, all really common materials for for the higher ups. but it wasn't, what I like about this one is that it wasn't limited to just the people higher up in the class levels. Uh, poor people could also partake yeah. in corsets. So we would well. have been allowed to have one too. <laughs> so we would have totally been allowed to partake in this uh, this trend. Um, the, the main differences, and honestly, it, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal to me, was obviously less luxurious fabrics were used. Um, and then instead of, the the tough boning okay like reeds were used i'd be fine with a reed i feel like that would suck me in as much as mm-hmm. i needed to and i'd be content and yeah I'd probably still breathe a little bit better i was gonna, i feel like it'd be a little more comfortable i feel like it'd be a lot bit more yeah. comfortable a lot bit <laughs> but that wasn't the goal um no the 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 general attitude of wearing a corset was if you were comfortable if you could still talk while wearing a corset, it wasn't tight enough. If you could talk? If you could still talk and have a normal conversation, it wasn't tight enough. And if they pulled it in too tight, too bad, so sad, you don't loosen it. It's it's there. <laughs> yeah. Like, so just th- leave it. Yeah. Just leave it. You just had to suck it up and kind of, um, like, acclimate yourself to wearing it. Is that why? It. I mean, I did hear, like, a number of people used to, like, faint, right? Yes. Is that why they had the fainting couches? Yes. Or, I mean, I don't know if it was or not. I always imagined it was, but I don't know it's, you know, if that's really true or not. Oh, no, it absolutely but, was. Um, so fainting couches. And you couches, wanted that to happen. 
I mean, it was encouraged because they had a whole sofa yeah. for you to crash on. When you lost consciousness. <laughs> you lost because, of course, it's too tight. Absolutely. Or maybe just tight enough. Mm-hmm. To just them, right. it would have been tight enough for sure. Um, but yeah, this is kind of the period where Fainting Couches, which is the actual title. I finally found the actual wording of yeah. it. Um, it. It kind of more, it came more popular um, as corsets became more popular. Yeah. This is like the high 1700s. It's like the, the prime time for this kind of stuff. Yep. Um, fainting Couches were literally just like a day bed that would be kept around at like parties and stuff. There'd be like multiples of them just like on the outskirts of because rooms. Because so many people were just passing out. Because so many women would faint because of wearing the corsets. Um, it was just like a day bed. It had a higher um, back at what you would consider like the top of the, the sofa. And then it got smaller towards your feet. And that was because if you were rushing over because you were about to have a fainting spell... You had more back to catch yeah. you while you were falling. So you falling. would just roll off <laughs> yes, onto the floor. Go off to the other side. And then, like, you can't really roll off with your feet first. Right. So they didn't care about, like, the far end of the of the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still picturing somebody going, falling, and, like, their feet go to the other side. And they just slowly slide off <laughs> yes. onto the floor. I feel like a lot of people had to have hit floor at some point. Yeah. <laughs> they had to have. Um, but yeah, that was the period of where they became a, a popular item that was constantly around, which is so sad. It is. Instead of I mean, I want one to be around now all the time, yeah, but not for that. I'm just lazy, though. Just like when I want to take a nap, I want it to be there. <laughs> I also am going to need some fluffy blankets, maybe a pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, that would always have to be on my fainting yes. couch but it wouldn't yep. be a fainting couch no it'd just be a laying couch it'd i just would be a couch i would fake fainting spells for someone mm-hmm. to have a couch around constantly for me be like oh no i'm feeling so faint and so, i'm like i'm tired <laughs> when they had the fainting couches were they like all in the same room or were they in different rooms do you know what I mean? Like, was there, like, one in every room? Or was it, like, an infirmary situation where, like... <laughs> they were just lined up. <laughs> a bunch of rooms had a couple. So I And you could think... look over and see who else fainted. <laughs> you could, like, commiserate together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think for big events, like galas or balls, whatever word you want to insert there, um, I think that they did have multiples on the outskirts because there would be more people. I think in homes, it was more like people moved it around so like whatever room you were in you just had someone bring if they would like usher it in behind you because <laughs> it, it did say like every household had at least one fainting sofa during this period because it was just so common for women to be fainting so it was always around wow right and the other reason, too, um, which I thought was a little bit interesting, a little weird, um, was that the reason that it was fainting sofas or fainting couches was because when women woke up in the morning and the maids made the bed, they basically had this attitude of once the bed is made, I'm not making it again. So instead of sending her upstairs to kind of overcome her fainting spell to her bed, they're like, nah, we're just going to give you a sofa. Just take a couple minutes on the sofa. So, like, even if they wanted to, they couldn't go up to their beds because the maids would, like, throw a fit and not want to make their bed again. I would, too. See, I don't make my bed. Maids' rights. <laughs> maids' All rights. All about it. 
I can understand. I hate making beds. That was my least favorite part of I, housekeeping. I love making a bed. Ew, you were I weird. make a bed because it's so good when the bed is made to like, you want to take a nap. I don't get into bed. I just kind of lay on it. And then I burrito <laughs> myself with whatever cover is on top. Okay. So it is. And been... then when it's bedtime, I'll actually get in. But okay, at that night, part's weird. I'll just kind of, yeah, burrito. So it has been brought to my attention fairly recently mm-hmm. in my life that I am weird. So I don't, don't wag your finger at me. No, I know where you're going because we've talked about it. And yes. I feel like we do the same thing. And I don't think it's weird. I but- don't make my bed. Uh, that's false. I make my bed once and it's done until I need yes. to clean my comforter again. And then I have other blankets on top that I will cover up with. I never get under my comforter. So, okay. When I say I get <laughs> under, like in my bed, it's not fully in, in. So you're saying think the extra blanket. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have the sheet. I have the comforter. Uh-huh. And then I have two different sort of like throw blankets. Me too. <laughs> and so when I say, like, when I take a nap, I'll just lay on the top section and then burrito that top throw over myself. When it's okay. bedtime, I'll lay on top of the comforter and cover myself with those two throw blankets. Okay, that's So makes I don't sense. ever really get, like, in-in. <laughs> but under more yes. than a nap. I have more than one blanket on my bed. Okay, yes. That's the moral of the story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember I was dating someone and he came over to spend the night and he like started to pull the blanket down and I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm getting ready for bed. Like, no, you lay on top of I was the like, comforter Here's a blanket. and then cover yourself with the other blanket. <laughs> he thought it was the weirdest thing on the planet. But it's softer that way too. It's cushier. And it's easier to make it because all you got to do is pull those throw blankets, and fold them up. just tuck them. Yeah. Tuck them down at the bed. Do you know what? That's probably why I like making a bed because I don't really have to do it. Now that I think about it, I'm not really making a bed. (laughs) Now it makes more sense to me. I I take back that you're weird on that front because you're not really making the bed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm also one of those people that when I sleep, I have to have my toesies out. Ooh, nope. Opposite. They need to be in because the monsters get you if you have your feet out. (laughs) I, I, I'm torn on that one. I do freak out sometimes if my feet are too close to the edge of the bed. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yoink, because I do freak myself Mm -hmm. out. It's not as bad if they're on the bed. But if there's like a toe over, you're just over that edge. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's a little weird. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, back to the 1700s, of course, because I got us very off topic. Sorry. No, that was my fault. I fed into it as usual. (laughs) Um, So the fainting couch the fainting couch um was very popular during this period it also is the same time period where the corsets kind of went out of fashion during the french revolution so like end of the 1700s uh 1789 is what i noted it as um and it's because the body shape of women change and i have to stop this period it's all mostly women that are wearing corsets previous to this though men also wore corsets it was not the tight lacing that you like people typically see yeah in pictures um but men did wear corsets as well good but they always but it was kind of more the the cummerbund conversation okay. it was more of like a vesty situation where they had like a, a overcoat. I feel like I've seen, <clears throat> yeah, okay. So it wasn't quite the same as women's corsets. Of course, it's not gonna be. Um, 
But during this period after the French Revolution is kind of when the the body shape expectations started to change. And it's going to be the period of when the hourglass shape started to come in. Um, The biggest change was that uh, the desirable silhouette was going to be a high waist. And then by default, it kind of made that hourglass figure. Um, In the 1800s, this was like the height, height. I know I said that about the 17s, but this was like the height, height yeah. of the tight lacing corsets. And when I say the differentiation between the two periods and the two different types of corseting is that previously it was just a lot of like stiff fabrics. And while they did still use lacing, it wasn't like pull it again up until like the uh, fainting couches became popular it wasn't pulled as tight as you could and too bad so sad um they were still kind of a little bit more forgiving 1800s is where that really tight lacing came in yep. and it was to the point that i i'd read um like articles that were saying that whoever was in charge of lacing some of these women up they would literally put their foot on the back of the woman's butt and pull it as tight as they could. I've heard that. I didn't know if it yeah. was true, though. Yep. So it was very common. So it is. So it absolutely it was. Yeah. Um, it, it. This is also, like, officially when the body silhouettes changed. This was the prime you wanted. Big-breasted, tiny waist. Big, big hips. Yes. For those babies. For those big old babies, man. Um Kind of, it, it. it's not far off. Again, because we have trainers now, waist trainers. Yep. This is a very similar expectation of what we expect of women now. Um, now, we'll come back to that because that, that period is definitely where the side effects tend to come up. Um, so I'm just going to breeze through really quickly, get us up to this modern point. Modern point. Um, <laughs> I added an extra syllable there. The 1900s is actually uh, where it just kind of started to dissipate, especially once we got to the 20s and 30s, where it was more of the flapper period. Yep. Um, They really encouraged um, natural bodies. They were very skinny, though, too. Well, and I find that really hard. I I don't like that wording, and that's the most common wording that I saw throughout the research. I don't think that it was necessarily encouraging natural bodies, because like flapper dresses are very but burlap sacky. Yes. There was no figure to yeah, them. Yeah. There's not a lot of like silhouette to it. Yes. So I don't feel like they were necessarily encouraging natural bodies. I think they were just wearing a lot looser of clothing. Yeah. And that's yep. what made it seem like a more natural body. Right. Um also, I I forget why. I don't think it actually said in my research, but uh World War Two was like the cutting point of where corsets were just like thrown out the window. I think realistically they weren't practical for what was going on in the world. Um, And I think that a lot of the materials were also harder to get their hands on at that point because wars in general tend to just... Supply chain disrupted. Fuck up it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it makes sense to me. That's don't take that to heart though that is what i'm assuming because like i said it didn't actually say what the reasoning was but that was like the cutoff point that they gave yeah um so 
Next, I'm gonna get into why corsets were dangerous. And I need to preface this part with a lot of this has to do with the tight lacing portion. This is not really too much doing with the 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 looser ones, the the early right life. Like the precursors <laughs> to what we think of generally. Yeah. Yes, more of the bodice. Yep. Than the corset. This is definitely like straight up tight lacing corsets. Um, so the one of the bigger things that people are a little bit more um, aware of with corseting is that it compresses the abdominal organs. Um, so it shifts all of your organs into very unnatural positions in your body. Which is really good for you, right? Which is really, <laughs> really, really not great for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um it, it, it would just put extra strain on all of the organs and also just like your anatomy wasn't right at that point. Um, typically, the stuff that tended to be pushed up was like your your stomach, your intestines, um, like your upper intestine, your liver, your spleen. All of that was just kind of pushed up into you and everything was compacted on top of it. So none of those organs can operate on their official duties because they don't really have the room so to do it. So it's a little bit of like organ failure a little when you're bit. having, <laughs> yes. when, when you're putting your corset on. <laughs> we'll say instead of organ failure, um, I would say it's more of um, organ, I don't want to say failure because nothing actually. Like disruption? No. <sighs> There's a word I wanted to think of and I can't think of it. You'll think of it later. I'll think of it probably yep. in the middle of the conversation. Yep. Um it, it, it just couldn't do what it needed to do. Almost had it and it didn't come Interference. out. Interference. I like that. Yeah. Organ interference. I feel like I know the word you're looking for. <laughs> but neither of us can come up yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't find it either. It's okay. It's fine. Somebody just insert the word that you think yeah. it should be at that point. Um, also, ribcage deformities were a really big thing. And that is what made the absurdly tiny wastes look absurdly tiny is it wasn't just like the skin or like the outside of you it was literally pushing your lower ribs into those organs that are already shifted inside of you um with that came the risk of piercing your organs with your own ribs that were still attached to your body would that happen it did happen. Yeah. There were a few stories. Um, I actually didn't include them in this. I don't know why I didn't. I should have. Um, where uh, women at balls and galas were dancing. And because they were oh, shifting no. back and forth, even though the corsets were very unforgiving, um, they would they would pierce their organs inside of them. And eventually they would pass away while they were at home after bleeding out from hours of dancing and partying. Um. So yeah, there is a, so there's a museum in Pennsylvania, in Philly. Um, It's called the, we argue over how you say it. I say the Mütter Museum. And it's kind of like a medical oddities. um, Mm -hmm. You've actually been there. I actually haven't gotten there still and I really want to. Yeah. Um, But they have uh, specimens of everything from like how tumors affect like your your skull. I remember you showing me pictures of the skulls and stuff. They actually have a, is it the skeleton or a picture of it's, an X-ray? I think it's the actual skeleton. That's what I want to say, too. Of a... Because I think it's like a regular 
and then it's a comparison yeah yes yeah um they have a we'll say for the sake of the story uh, an actual rib cage of a woman who was corseted and you can see it tapers in but it's like a very unnatural tapering it's not like a swimmer's body how they tend to taper down at the waist it is a very dramatic like rounded ribs and then all of a sudden just bleep. yep it's very clear <laughs> that something's wrong it is yep. so dramatic and i know i keep saying throughout all of our episodes we're gonna put some pictures up on social um i want to start doing that mm-hmm. and this is one that i want to throw on as well i do need to just throw out the disclaimer i don't know if i'm gonna post like a warning picture first and then the actual picture but some of these do get a little bit graphic for sure yeah so keep in mind when you're looking at stuff i will try to put up like or we will try to put up a little warning slide mm-hmm. before the actual picture um because it's dramatic especially just with and, and we have so yeah. many other things that we want to post pictures of but this ribcage deformity is so dramatic. It's insane seeing the two side by side. Yep. And it also explains why those lower ribs were piercing organs and people were dying from bleeding out. And yep. they had no idea. They might feel like stomach crampy and mm-hmm. oh, my tummy. And then they'd go home and they'd freaking pass away. Yep. Um, Aaron touched a little bit on this one. Um, the next symptom is restricted breathing. So what corseting does is, again, it pulls all of those organs in. All of them are pushed up. So it uh, decreases the capacity of your lungs. It just basically shrinks your lungs. and They can't fully um, expand. And again, back to the fainting conversation. Fainting was so popular. So popular. So common, yeah. rather. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people intended to actually do it. Um, this is a little bit where, like, the damsel Mm-hmm. trope comes in a little yep. bit of like oh woe is me i'm gonna faint but it was because like you literally couldn't breathe yeah um but it was cute but it was cute it also and this is gonna come in a little bit with a actually the next topic too or the next symptom rather um the other thing with the restricted breathing is that your diaphragm also can't completely open up yeah or fill up whatever the, whatever the diaphragm does so it would also atrophy your organs as well, where when I say atrophy, it's not the same as muscular atrophy. Um, basically, like parts of your organs would start to die off because they weren't getting supplied with what they needed. They weren't being used properly. So in turn, our body, if it's something that we don't necessarily need, it's going to just like nix it and just like, oh, well, we don't need this part anymore. Um, and th- that happened a lot with the diaphragm. And that's like the main muscle organ that aids breathing that's what when people say take a deep breath into your stomach you're not breathing into your stomach you're filling your diaphragm um so that's not good organ failures no No. (laughs) i guess technically that was an organ failure um another thing that comes into play is weakened muscles and in turn atrophy um although wearing a, a brace around your abs and your lower back we see it a lot at like people at home depot or lowe's um they do wear braces and short term that's awesome that is actually really good it just structurally makes your body tougher and you can stand up straight you're also not risking um blowing your back out um but in long-term use it actually 
does the complete opposite, especially in your abs, your lower back, and up in your pec muscles. Because um, again, all of those parts, all of those muscle groups are the ones that are holding you up. Um, so even though while wearing it, they may have felt like, oh yeah, structurally I feel really strong. When they take it off, they have like no ab abilities. Because it's like the body forgot yes. to do its job. Yep. Your body has depended on that corset for so long that it has kind of forgotten that you need your abs and your lower back and your pecs. Um, digestive issues and constipation, again, from just squishing everything. Um, numbness and bad blood flow were also problems, too. Um, obvious reasons, again, it's yeah. squishing you like a sausage. Your blood can't get out to where it needs to be. You're, like, compressing the core part of you that disperses that blood. Right. So Pretty important part. A lot of, like, um, tingly fingers sleepy fingers sleepy hands not neuropathy that is different yep. that is nerve related this was just like if you sit on your arm funny yep. and you start to feel that tv fuzz like that was what they felt but it was constant because they were constantly wearing these things um speaking on that note they would wear these corsets at least like 23 hours a day maybe when they weren't sleeping but some women also slept in them yeah so it wasn't like a short burst. Like it wasn't no. like you threw it on to go out party and then you came home and like, it's like taking off your bra. You're like, see, that's what I would use it for. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, most of these women wore them at night under their, their nightgowns and stuff. So stupid. That's ridiculous. <laughs> nope. Right? Nope. <laughs> I want to be comfortable in bed. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the last symptom that I had on here was skin irritation and bruising. Um friction from sweating underneath that obviously caused a lot of like chafing and redness um the bruising came in from tight lacing it and also just like broken bones like it wasn't uncommon to to break ribs it wasn't like a purpose of corseting but it wasn't but uncommon. it would happen yeah and then in turn usually when you break a bone there's a little bit of bruising so a lot of bruising through like the midsection on women was super common and like across their their breasts, like the top of their yeah. chests, there could be lines of bruising, and it was super super common. Um, so yeah, it just it it's not something good to wear. It's not no. necessarily deadly or lethal, but it it's not good. Yeah, to wear it for that long. Um, Speaking of deadly, <laughs> <laughs> I promise nobody was corseting. <laughs> Um, so now that we're up on the corsets, yes. we're going to get into like the modern day corsets, which are waist trainers. Um, most people probably know them as being advertised by our favorite people, the Kardashians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we love them so much. Oh, love them. Yeah. Lately, Kim has kind of given up on it a little bit. Well, I mean. She hasn't been as loud about it, we'll say. Chloe and Kendall have been the two biggest, I'm going to say it, hot take, problematic um, uh, conspirators. I think they all have been, I think, at some point. But Yes. But yeah. especially lately, um, because Chloe, in all fairness, has been under a lot of scrutiny about her body, yeah. which is messed up. Um, there are a lot of other things you can dislike her for. Absolutely. Uh, completely <laughs> unrelated to yes. appearance. 100% unrelated to appearance. Um, but she keeps claiming that her recent body or um, 
weight loss yes has been per waist trainers and surprise that's not how they work no at all um there is a brand i mean I she for- put if i were her like i would be like listen i put a lot of work into this because she clearly has absolutely well so unless well it is some of it other kind of work not well, physical yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um there is a big brand that kendall and chloe have both really advertised i forget the name of them and i keep getting them mixed up with local um what's that young uh that store that's around here it's like young reckless oh uh angry young and poor (laughs) angry young and poor it's a name like that but i can't remember that's not what it is that is a local shop that's in lancaster um but it's something along those lines it's supposed to be like super trendy and stuff and Firstly, the Kardashians like consistently talk about them and give them so much public um, attention. Mm-hmm. On their website, they say that, and I should have written it down because it's so stupid that anybody with a brain will realize that this is not true. They claim that the latex, so these waist trainers in particular mm-hmm. are the fabric on the outside, but on the inside, they have that latex layer okay. that you see a lot of people like working out and dripping yeah. all the sweat out. I was going to say, I'm surprised that they are talking about this instead of uh, Kim's brand of shapewear. Well, but it makes sense because it's it's a little different. Yeah, she had a lot of pro. I don't think she's trying to necessarily advertise that as much anymore either. I saw something the other day. Did you? She changed the name. I forget what it is, but it, I mean, it needed to be. But yeah, that's probably why yeah. they're not advertising it. Yeah, she's been like in the works mm-hmm. on it. Um, this brand though is like all of them use it, but Chloe and Kendall have been putting it on social okay. medias a lot because Kendall needs it. Because she, girl, yeah, she, listen. As a family and a name, I do not care for them. But holy shit, Kendall is a hottie patati. She does not. She she's clearly, a model. I mean, yeah. Like what more to you? All of that work yep. in. Yep. Why? And Kylie even. I think Kylie is yeah. a really big proponent of social media ing mm-hmm. this brand as well. Like you guys clearly put so much work into yourselves. Give yourselves credit. Yeah. Like, that makes me so mad that you have worked so hard and you have a killer bod. You had a baby, Kylie, and you She's about to have look- another. Is she pregnant? I think so. Uh, I feel like I just read something. Me. Yeah. I mean, like, I that's mean, not if a I were salty him, comment. It, yeah. If I were him, I would Why wouldn't keep you want all the beautiful too? babies in yep. the planet? Like, come yep. on. Um, so, yeah, they, they all keep advertising this brand. And the brand claims that the latex material that they use is this high new technology that zaps the fat in your midsection. I thought you were going to say, like, it makes you sweat. And it, you know, whatever. Because that's like, the reasonable answer. Right. They claim that the latex zaps the fat. And friends, that's not how it works. No. Also, like, even when you do lose weight, fat doesn't necessarily, like, vanish it doesn't get zapped. It it metabolizes through your body and you mm-hmm. get rid of it in certain ways, whether it's peeing or sweating. Yeah. Like that that's how you get rid of, of your your fat. body releases it. Yes, yeah. yes. Your body is a great machine. That latex. Latex. But oh yeah, this is a hot new material and it zaps away the fat. And I was like, you've gotta be shitting me. I'm glad I don't remember the name of the brand because I'm really shitting on them right now. But that's just stupid and super, super false advertising and kind of dangerous advertising. It is. Because what's to say somebody won't go out and buy something that's latex but maybe not a safe form of it? 
And they're like throwing it on their bods and rolling around with like a latex glove wrapped around their body. (laughs) Like that's so dangerous to 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 talk about. I'd be interested in finding out how many people um, don't realize that they have latex allergies because that's something in our industry we stay away from. Everything is latex. Well, not everything. But if at all possible, you try to have it be latex uh, latex free because there are so many sensitivities. Oh, absolutely. Uh, There's no reason to even really... (laughs) need to use so to make products I just be interested in knowing how many people you know think oh it's just zapping the fat out of me when they're really having a severe reaction oh absolutely yeah they're probably thinking oh look at this fat coming out of my body and realistically like you're gonna go into anaphylactic shock soon you're (laughs) about to go to the hospital (laughs) you're gonna have a trip to the hospital soon sir or (laughs) ma'am um so yeah we got to get off the topic of the Kardashians and that stuff but I just thought it was funny that they advertise this big brand that claims that it's latex that works in them no um that that that's not how it works guys um so back to waist trainers they're obviously meant to train your body into the hourglass shape they are specifically the hourglass shape um very voluptuous on top voluptuous on bottom tiny in the center um again these ones are made more of thicker materials and they tend to use straight up metal as the boning so they're very uncomfortable to wear um you do have to wear them for long periods of time to see the benefits Mm -hmm. but so many studies have been done at this point to acknowledge that they are very unlikely to have um long lasting results from what i've seen just a little bit like i didn't like research or anything but just from like general like life like from things like i've read about them (laughs) It seems like you have to be very regular with their use, too. It's like 18 hours a day. Oh, it's insane. Just about, if not every day of the week. Yes. Yeah. It's almost like you you can't not wear them. Yeah. Or you won't see the benefits in them. And then it's kind of like, but if you have to use it all the time to see benefits, like you don't really get to see the benefits because you have to keep wearing it for anything to happen. Yep. Because you consistently have to. Right to brace it's like a retainer so it's kind of i hate to say it but it's kind of like it's a ripoff why yeah no it's fine i'm not a huge fan of of waist trainers um while we're on that section of long-lasting results um it's going to come in in like i have a section of like what waist trainers are supposed to do um and it's under the weight loss section there was a small study done where they had some people do just a low-cal diet, and then they had people wear just this waist trainer. And um, surprise, I know this isn't going to be like a revolutionary thing. I can't even imagine what the <laughs> results are going to be. A low-cal diet was way more beneficial. What? 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 You mean diet and exercising? Yes, Haley, I do mean that. Wow. It's all common sense stuff. It's just quick fixes. Mm-hmm. And that's why, again, back to the uniqueness of this topic, is that it, it's very dangerous in, like, terms of eating disorders, body dysmorphia, body shaming. Yeah. Like, it, it's so that's dangerous psychological. what they encourage. Yeah. Um, so with what waist trainers are supposed to do, um, there's, a, there's a few things that they claim waist trainers are supposed <laughs> yeah. to do uh the biggest one is weight loss uh that is the biggest thing that chloe kardashian acknowledges her weight loss to is waist trainers um i mean having a personal trainer 
and having a personal get, chef, but uh, like having all the money in the world yeah. to buy all the, the the best ingredients for their food. But yeah, it's totally this like. Actually, I was going to say $30, but I think I looked on the website mm-hmm. and they're like a couple hundred bucks. Yep. Um, but girl, give yourself some cred. So with the with waist trainers, most of the weight loss that anybody sees is is just due to fluid loss. Yep. Um, especially from sweating. Same it, as like a body wrap sort of thing. Absolutely like a body wrap. Yeah. Um, you may eat less while eating mm-hmm. or while wearing a waist trainer but it is because you feel a lot more full because your organs are being squeezed yep <laughs> and it's not going to fill up if, if it's squished um also people will say that you're supposed to wear a weight proponents of weight of waist trainers will say that you should wear it while you're exercising it's not a good idea at all um one, your muscles aren't going to be getting their full use, their full range. And the other thing is because your breathing is going to be shallow, your organs aren't getting, and your muscles and tissues aren't getting oxygen oxygenated properly. So all the work that you're doing is kind of hindering the work that, or the uh, results that you want from them. Um, again, that's where that small study was done where they had said that, yeah just eat healthy and exercise is way better than doing a waist trainer um decreased appetite again it comes back to the compressed belly you can't you're gonna feel full a lot quicker um this is also where i feel like we need to note too that it's definitely encouraging eating disorders and just really unhealthy eating habits um also on that front you're not getting any of the nutrients or the fuel that your body actually needs because you're not eating enough Mm -hmm. so you're not going to feel good it's definitely going to be that fainting spell but for different reasons um it's not and things are already maybe not doing their jobs fully as well so yeah um and then lastly what they claim waist trainers do is for better posture. And again, in short stints, yeah, it absolutely yeah. encourages your body to stay a little bit more straight. Um, but after wearing them for long periods of time, definitely going to weaken and atrophy those muscles. Not a good thing. Um, the interesting thing that I did find is that when it comes to risks of using waist trainers, it's literally all the same risks of tight lacing corseting interesting yeah because people are like oh no it's so safe no it is not safe and actually with uh the waist trainers they tend to be like a tank top style yes yep it compresses more of your organs um and especially with it coming up over like your chest portion Mm -hmm. it's putting a lot more stress over the heart itself so it's not pumping out the blood like it should be versus in corseting it's pushing all the organs up yeah into the heart again it's still not doing what it's doing but now we're adding a top level yes. of compression and just having to work a lot extra um but realistically all the same risks so it's not really worth it in the end to wear them no no <laughs> i've considered it and then honestly some of what i was looking at was so cost prohibitive yeah i was like you know what i don't care yep yeah and like we can go back to um like Spanx materials or yeah. um I don't know what they're called. I'm actually wearing something that's kind of similar today. It's more so it's it's nothing that's really tight. Um it's more for smoothing factor. Yes. Yep. <laughs> for myself. Nope. Yep. Um like there's way better options that are a lot less constrictive 
than going straight for a waist trainer or a corset. Um, I'm not shaming anybody who wants to go the corseting route. They are very beautiful. Um, I know... Does Dita Von Teese use? I was gonna say she, um, she's a big proponent of waist trainers. Like she's, I remember reading somewhere that like there was a brief period where like she was like that person who only took it off like to take a bath. Um, I don't think she does it that much anymore, but she's a huge proponent of that. Mm. Um, yeah, that disappoints me. Yeah, but again. Not Again, here to shame. If that's, yep, that's your thing. That's your thing. Yes. Are you taking risks? And for doing it safely or as safely as possible? Yes. Then good you for do you, you boo boo. Yep. yep. I, I. She's come up on a few topics that have kind of broken my heart, but I still yeah, really like same. her. <laughs> yeah. I'm still a fan. Oh, still totally a fan. Yep. Um. So the last thing that I would like to mention with um corseting. It, it's strictly corseting. It's it, we're done with the waist training portion. Pop culture wise, um, there is a Guinness World Record title yep. for the tiniest yep. waist. Um, so before I I talk about her name is Kathy Zhang. Um, just want to note the average American woman's waist tends to be about give or take thirty eight point seven inches. A waist, yes. So we're thirty eight. Here's my thing, though. I don't know that they're talking about true waist. Yeah, I was going to say, like, where? Because, you know, because there are several places you can be taking yes. that waist yeah. measurement from. So your true waist, the way we learned it in mm-hmm. school is it's the waist of space underneath your ribs and where your hips yep. crest. Um, so, like, on a lot of people, it's actually a lot higher yep. than they anticipate. Now, that being said, I feel like these measurements are definitely taken a little bit Closer further. Closer to the hip. Down more hip. Um, but then again, when we take hip measurements, it's down on, like, the head of your um, yes. uh, femur bone Yep, is, is where that tends to be. It's, like, your, your widest part. Um, but I'm going to say that it's definitely a little bit lower because that is pretty high to me. But I also know that unfortunately americans are a little bit of a thicker culture (laughs) yes (laughs) i don't like to body shame i don't like the f word i don't like fat because i think that's mean um we've all been there we've all Mm -hmm. had like issues with our weights and if you haven't you're a very fortunate soul and do not use that f word on anybody around you because that is messed up um so we'll go with the story of it being a little bit lower typical waist measurements tend to be around 38 inches okay um the guinness world record still is held by an american her name is kathy zhang um she's five eight at five six to five eight it depending it, yeah it depends on my source five eight was the guinness world record site but i, I read feel a, like they'd be very because they send people out like to authenticate hard. everything too yes like they're not messing around they have turned people down at the end of them completing yep. a challenge and then they're like mm, you didn't do it right yeah. sorry like one thing was off for <laughs> yeah. one second yep. yep so it doesn't count um so i'm gonna say five eight um uncorseted after all of her training this is world record conversation is 21 inches that's very small <laughs> Corseted Very small. is 15 inches. That That's is ridiculous. So tiny. She has never had any ribs removed. That is always everyone's first question mm-hmm. is, have you had any ribs removed? She has never gone through any surgeries or Which anything Which is weird like to that. me that people have done that and they have done it. Yes. It's weird. Well, there's that 
it's slightly off topic with the Marilyn Manson. Yeah, myth. I don't think that's true. I don't though, think right? that's true either. That was no. just like a myth. But people used to do it. But yeah, people would absolutely go under the knife to look just a little bit skinnier, even when um stuff like botched i think there was a guy who went to dr debro mm-hmm. to ask him to remove ribs and he was like we don't do that stuff anymore yeah. like that is so yeah, against medical so advice yeah, yeah. <laughs> um her original waist size before she started waist training was 26 inches so she has gone down 11 inches if you're doing corseted yeah in corseted yeah um she does wear it 23 hours a day so she Mm-mm. hardly ever takes it off. I'm assuming that that's bathing time. Yep. Is probably when she does remove it. Um, and when she was asked why she wanted to do this, her reasoning is that she loves Victorian fashion. And Victorian era is the height of itty bitty tiny waists. Um, it's funny because in a lot of her pictures, she's not actually really wearing anything Victorian. Um, she's always straight up in a corset yeah which is funny to me but because she's it not was, in like victorian garb no or, she never has a giant skirt on or like uh i guess technically like the square yeah neckline was very victorian um nothing fluffy no big hair she looks like a normal average joe woman joan yeah <laughs> wearing a corset and i just think that's so bizarre to say that it was because you love victorian fashion but that's the only thing you're <laughs> but you don't wear any of it maybe she means more like the figure i victorian figure but it sounds better to say fashion yes it sounds no a little less harmful <laughs> but um, yeah but yeah yep if this is what you want to do i'm assuming um she's older she's in like her i want to say she's in like her later 50s i was gonna say i feel like she keeps winning because i feel like when i well winning <laughs> you know what i mean like she keeps retaining it yes because i feel like when i was growing up it was her it was her and yeah. like it's still her so she's still here yes. with us. So yep. it's it's working for her. And the thing with the Guinness Book of World Records is they don't list every single record holder. So when like I looked up on the site, it was Kathy Zhang for 20. They didn't do this year, but 2019 was the last one listed. It was still Kathy. Um, and then like maybe one back and it was still Kathy. Yep. So they don't list how far back it's been, but I'm pretty sure she has held on to this title for a for very, a very long yeah. time. Um, the She's not actually the tiniest waist ever, though. Um, the tiniest waist ever is held by a woman called Ethel Granger. She's from the UK, which totally makes sense with yep. the last name like Granger. Um, just a Harry Potter reference. I'm not yeah. crapping on anybody in the UK. Um, her smallest... So she started at 22 inches. She was already a very tiny waist. Um, She went down to 13 inches. No. After corseting. And... I feel like that's too small. Oh my God. That's too small. 15 15 was pushing it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And Ethel Granger holds the record with a French actress who is called Emily Marie Bouchard. Okay. Um, and she was also 13 inches tiny. So it, it, it's a long-standing no. practice. I think personally, I wouldn't do it. No, I'm, I'm not into this one. No. Like in terms of like something I would try? Yes. Do I want my waist to be smaller? Yeah. Do I like um, beer and pizza? Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I, I don't want it that badly. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think that I would. Oh, shoot. That um, I think it's cool. Yes. That people are into it. 100%. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm not going out of my way for it, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely glad you uh, you chose this topic, though. Yes. I'm glad that we finally got to touch on it. Um, everybody knows it. It's just not everybody realizes like, how dark of a history it comes yeah. from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is all I have on corseting. Yeah, it was good. Right? Good stuff. <laughs> um, so on that note, thank you for tuning in, everyone. Yeah, guys, we, we appreciate you sticking with us. Yes. Um, remember, bi-weekly releases. Um, but stick around. Every other week, we're going to have a new episode for you. Um, again, we always keep saying it. We have so many topics to share with yes. you guys. We're super yes. stoked for it. Um, so I'm Haley. And I'm Erin. This is Am I Pretty Now podcast. And until next time, friends, stay, stay spooky. spooky. Ooh. Ooh.